Coming up in this episode of the KickCast, Kickstarter gets hacked, a mini museum for your desk, and the podcast movement is in full swing. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KickCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KickCast. And joining me, as always, is the one, the only, and video game PlayStation expert now, Drew. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm not bad. I became a PlayStation expert overnight. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, if you guys are wondering what we're talking about is um, on KTData.net, we're actually getting a brand new podcast and I'm not in it. Which is, I, why? <laughs> yeah. It's a, which is a shock. Probably. But um, yeah, Drew and uh, two of his students slash friends are doing a podcast about PlayStation and Trying my best to keep up with them. They play games all the time. I raise kids. Yeah, um, I, pe- I I took a little listen to it. it. Sounds good. So it should be coming out fairly soon. We're just dotting the i's and crossing the t's on everything. Um, so if you guys have never seen the Kickcast before, first of all, welcome to the show. But what Drew and I do is pretty much go out there, find some cool crowdfunding projects, bring them back, and tell you if you should back track or sack them. Um, Easy enough. Yep. So before we jump into the projects, let's cover some news, and it's actually really, really important news for anyone who's visited Kickstarter or has an account on there. Which is probably going to be just about everyone that's listening yeah. to the show. So, um, and tell all, tell all your friends, too. So on uh, so they, Kickstarter posted a blog post on Saturday afternoon, and they were talking about that on Wednesday, February 12th, law enforcement um, officials contacted Kickstarter to let them know that hackers had gained unauthorized access to customer data. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so that's only that's, a matter of time, right? Yeah. It, 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 it's everywhere. Yeah. It, it's pretty, that's pretty much the internet right there. You know, um, it's eventually, but it just depends on luckily, um, no credit card data was taken. That's always good because in the U S Amazon takes care of all that right there. Um, and, what they got were, you know, pretty much the basics that they have on the site. Because if you look, Kickstarter doesn't ask for too much information from you. So they got your email, you know, possibly your phone number and your hashed password. So they don't have the direct passwords, but they have the encrypted passwords right there. So it is strongly, strongly, strongly recommended. You go to Kickstarter right now, even if you're listening to the show. Um, we'll wait. Just, just hit pause and go reset your password right now. It's under settings. It should be real quick. Um, it's really, really important in there. And if you've used this password anywhere else on the internet, I highly suggest you go change it. Um, I, I like. I almost like. I tell people this. All you know, use a password manager. Uh, my recommendations are LastPass and OnePass. Those are awesome. They can do cool things like generate random characters for it. Like I don't even know the passwords to half my websites because I use the the random generator to generate password for every single site on there um it's handy handy. yeah and and, you know do that they said only two accounts really got compromised and they've already talked to those people on there so you know you're you know and they were pretty transparent about it they fixed the security flaw where the hackers got in so hopefully it won't happen again and you know it's just one of those things when you're living in this age of the internet that it's not if it's going to happen it's going to be when but yeah inspiring men yeah so that's good i saw a little guff from some people like wait this happened on wednesday and you're just telling us about it on friday or saturday and uh, you know anybody that's 
that follows these types of things as I do. Uh, it it just seems I don't know. The yeah. easy answer is, of course, you're not going to like sprout out there the day that it happens and then tell everybody, even the next day, and be like, "Hey, everybody, we got hacked." You're not going to let people know until you fix that hole. Yeah. Like, so that's what they did right away. Look, there's an open vulnerability. Everybody else, just go at it. <laughs> you you patch the hole, and as soon as that's secured, then you say, hey, everybody, this is what happened. Those that were affected the most got mm-hmm. contacted first. You all just need to safety precautions. Yeah. So I, they did it just right. They yeah. really did it just right. Yeah, I feel bad for their support team, too, because it was a Saturday, and I think the next 24 hours, they ended up answering like 500 emails Easily. on there. So, um, Easily. So like kudos to Kickstarter for you know trying their best to – keep our security in mind yep. on there so tell all your friends if you have if you know they've ever visited kickstarter just go tell them to go change the password or re-log in using their facebook thing and that should reset everything so stay safe all right drew here's our next news next item big news item is we found another nice yeah it's another crowdfunding site um but specifically for clothes we found if you Go back through our episodes. We we find these niche crowdfunding sites popping up, and we'll probably continue to see them. I mean, we found yeah, we found all kinds. So this one is Beta Brand. It's a crowdfunding site for clothes. If you uh, look through their site, betabrand.com, you'll see that there's uh, kind of the process of, of things is that they have a whole section called a think tank where they have several items, of, and it's all clothes and it's all funky clothes, like the All American Super Sucker Blazer. It's a good looking piece of. Uh, clothing there um don't so ask my, me man i know zero about fashion these these are hardcore one that's in the think tank right now i love is called the vagisoft harka and it is a robe structured much like an overcoat except for it has a hood and fingerless gloves you zip that thing all the way up to the top you can pop your hands right through the, the fingerless gloves so your you know your palms are all covered you look like a mage but if you look at like some of the comments they have a softometer a softer meter and it has this like scale of like <laughs> baby's bottom up to the pouch of a cloud kangaroo, and then Vagisoft is just shy of the womb of a marshmallow mermaid. Right? It's just <laughs> okay. Can I even say that? Anyway, it's just it, I love the flavor. I love the style that these guys put into it. And essentially, it's it's crowd crowd funded, crowd designed. And I'm sure. I mean, they're a co-op, so they have professional people that are doing a lot of the. The help of the design, so you put in your ideas and your your directions, and then they create the product, and then you crowdfund it. And uh, for instance, the Vagisoft Harka is sixty seven percent to its goal, and um, they do ten at a certain price, twenty at another price, and then the last twenty. So you basically have to sell fifty of something before it gets put into the actual store part, and then there's a whole marketplace. The reason why this caught my eye, by the way, and I and I love the whole idea. I love crowdfunding on niche things. These are some pretty stylized, like one-off type of of uh, items. You're not you're not gonna find any of these items, like you know, at a target. At a target, right? Or you're not gonna show up at school and everybody's gonna be wearing the same thing. These are amazing. So one that's gotten a little bit of uh, uh, press and coverage and, and excitement is the dress pant sweatpants. That uh, this is what my wife found. My sweet wife. She's probably gonna make me buy her pair. I might get a pair myself. But they look like dress pants, so you could wear them with your with your you know shirt and tie, but yet they're sweatpants. They're just they're designed and cut like a dress pant. So instead of coming home from work and loosening up the belt and slipping into something more comfortable, you're, you're already comfortable in. all day, right? So I highly recommend you check out the dress pant sweatpant. Pricey stuff, yes, but you're not gonna find this anywhere else. So it's almost it's it's almost worth jumping into. One other thing before I jump off of the beta brand, which I love, they also have in their project um 
something called Sock Insurance. What? Sock and they did a whole series. Uh, somebody I can't remember if, if yeah who from the group did it. But basically, they somebody said let's do sock insurance, and they have some really cool socks. And if you ever lose one of your socks, you send them an email and say you you have to hold up a picture of of the remaining sock and put some certain <laughs> subject line that says I'm missing a sock, and they will ship you back a replacement sock. sock that's insurance. interesting. Yep. There's that's... a there's. There's a Reddit one that's got the Reddit guys on it and the Reddit up-down arrows. Um, there's Socks of Catan. There's Meta Socks, Midnight Socks. Um, there's one that I love that has a little symbol uh, saying on the side that says, Test Socks, Please Ignore. <laughs> Cute little things. So anyway, um, I, I just love the flavor, I think, and, and you know me styles everything. Although I don't have it, I like to pretend. So Beta Brand, check it out. It's crowdfunding for clothes. That that's a genius idea on there. Um, and you know what's surprising is that you find all these project crowdfunding projects and stuff. You run into the issue. All right, how am I gonna deal with this mayhem for fulfilling, um, you know, different tiers and and pledges on there? And I can't believe we, we we have not covered this um site before, but it's Backer Kit. And the the reason I I'm like. Wait, we haven't covered backer kit yet, is because I've filled out probably two or three backer kit surveys this week alone. It, um, it's almost like it's it's gone mainstream at least for us because it's familiar. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And and for that one Kickstarter that I uh, assisted with a couple of months ago, I wish they because I again I didn't manage the, the campaign, but I wish they would have known about backer kit. They ended up sending out individual emails to backers instead of even using the in-house like the Kickstarter survey mechanism or backer kit. They just sent out emails and said, please respond with your choices. So it was like extra, extra, extra work for us when we could have had BackerKit. Yeah. Um, so I'll explain what BackerKit is for some of you guys. Some of you guys have actually may have seen it before because it's super popular. So what BackerKit does essentially is export all the people who've pledged, the amounts they pledged, their contact information into the BackerKit system so the creator can send out surveys to people. And what's nice about BackerKit is, especially if you have kind of like products and stuff, you can do add-ons on there. So it knows you've already bid $10 or something, but you also want this other add-on that was added at the last second that you couldn't go back and change your pledge for. You can actually go, oh, I want that other add-on, that like $5 add-on right there, and here's my credit card information. You take that in info right there, send it to the creator so I can get that too, and brings it all together. Um, another nice thing about it is shipping addresses. That has always been the bane with some of these projects. It's because they finish, and then maybe six six months to a year later is when the project actually is going to ship and people have moved and stuff. BackerKit lets you go back in, go change your address and stuff until the selected cutoff date for um, the project and stuff. So that makes it so much easier. And as a person who fulfills things, you can keep track. Oh, have I, have I you know, got this person's package or maybe I'll only send them half right now because we still got to wait for another batch, but I don't want them to wait. So I'll send you half now and then I'll send the rest to you. Or, you know, you have issues. They also deal with tech support. So if they have problems with the site or something, the backer kit company will take care of it. Um, and I, I, I think it's awesome. It even has APIs for fulfillment services that I didn't even know existed because I don't do any kind of internal shipping or stuff. But you, 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 you We're can, digital folks. Yeah. So you can contact all those people and, you know, it works almost seamlessly. So it's just a great idea if you're, you know, especially if you're doing a physical good product. For crowdfunding, BackerKit is definitely something that you should check out and make sure. I mean, it's not that bad. I think it's maybe 
they they have different tier levels and they even have intro pricing right now. So if you're kind of interested in checking that out and trust me, it will save you a lot of headache. Yeah. There. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've dreamed of, again, you and I have talked about doing back, you know, kickstarters ourselves together or for this show or for other things. But, uh, I, you know, doing the 3d printing stuff, I've just thought and brainstormed tons of ideas and I would definitely do backer kit as the way to fulfill any type of item or thing that I you know, put together. So, Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe we haven't covered it. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't either. And I thinking back now, I think one of the earliest projects I backed, Backer Kit was an outer. They, I didn't know about it, and people didn't know about it. They wrote their own pledge manager to do this kind of stuff. Imagine wow. how much extra work you had to do for wow. that. So. Yeah, amazing. All right. Let's. So speaking of projects, how about we just jump into our first let's project of the night? So, um, Drew, I know you have kids. I do. And, and, um, how often do you manage? I could never forget it. <laughs> how, how often do you ever manage to get your kids to like museums or anything? Oh, are you kidding? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even dare think of taking my child to my child's to a museum. Uh, not at this age. They're they're just way too crazy. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to Discovery Museum, places where they're actually allowed to touch things mm-hmm. and, and get their hands on things. But no, I not for another five years or more. Yeah, so mini museum right here. This is a really, really interesting thing. It is actually a handcrafted collection of different specimens that are encased in resin. Um, and you, de- depending on the size of the actual mini museum you get, you can get up to 33 different things on there. Um, they have cool specimens that go from um, the old, supposedly the oldest matter ever collected. So it's 4.5 billion. That's billion with a B years old. Um, you can get, you know, Corinthian leather because that was, you know, the high times of the 70s, I think, right? Yeah, right. Corinthian leather and everything <laughs> to to getting the heat shielding, the, the actual gold heat shielding off the Apollo 11 command module. So that 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 wow. heat shielding has wow. gone into space, landed on the moon and come back. And this guy actually bought it from, I think, Buzz Aldrin personally. Back <laughs> in the year. Um, yeah, they have three different sizes. So there's a small that gives you 11 specimens, a medium that gives you 22 specimens, and a large that gives you 33 specimens. And this guy, like, handcrafts and makes all of these by himself. Good looking. And, and it just, looks great. Yeah. It's um, just sexy. That's just, I mean, just like the perfect little thing to set next to your desktop as a little talker item or something. I think that's that just says I'm I'm chic, I'm cool, I'm smart, and I have some really cool tiny things yeah and it it goes through like you may through history itself i mean you can i think one of them's like you can get a piece of a human skull um or a meter that apparently killed a cow (laughs) when it crashed onto earth it like almost ripped the cow in half and uh, apparently the story was like it hit a cow in in half and the farmer's like well it's bound to happen sooner or later right (laughs) and he used it as a doorstop (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Until the scientist went and found the story, heard about the story, and went and bought it from him. Wow! <laughs> so it, it has these kind of cool things. Um, I love it. You know, it has history. You know, you can go back and, like, you know, when your kids get older, you can just show them, and they'll be like, "What is that?" And then they'll be like, "What's Apollo 11? It's like, well, you know, that white thing in the sky at night. We've been there. <laughs> it's right here. You're holding a piece of it. Yeah. Um. And, and I, I just, you know, it looks great. It's a good talking piece. Um, and I love the stories behind it. Like this guy named Hans. And by the way, he has an amazing epic beard. 
in this video and i'm kind of sad when i saw like there's a scene that cuts to him and he has no beard i'm like oh the beard was awesome (laughs) so hopefully he'll get the beard back because that um you know he he has all these stories that's going to be included with it um you know and i i just love it you know and as a I'm not, I can't say I'm a history geek, but I appreciate just things from the past yeah. and stuff. And yeah. but like, that's been there like four million times longer than I have been alive. What now? Awesome. <laughs> and I love I love just the, the business sense behind this. So it's like I've collected these really cool things, and I could sell each of them off and do little you know investments. Yeah, I have this, and I would sell it. But to piece them out and make a mini museum, what a way to share that cool thing. And and still, you know, finance it and fund it. And I think the presentation's amazing on that. Yeah. Um this one's back for me. Um what about you, Drew? I definitely definitely back. I think this would be something I grab the small eleven eleven specimens. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Keep that next to my desk away from my kids. Well, I guess I can I could let the kids yeah. touch this. And yeah, I love it because he's making all these by hand, so that's a lot of work right there. And and not that's not counting the work getting the specimens. <laughs> Right, right. Because I mean, who who can just walk around saying, "Hey, I've met Buzz Aldrin." I I bought his foil. <laughs> yeah. So that is the mini museum. So on to our next project, the Mojis. Hello, welcome to Mojis. The Mojis is a kind of play the world. It's this I, idea. Uh, I'm Bruno Zamberli, and I'm a computer music researcher. And for all my life, I've been working on new ways to make music using new technologies. It feels very unique. It's a mobile app in the little sensor. This is Mojis. About two years ago, my colleagues and I had this idea about transforming everyday objects around us into unique musical instruments. It's on. It sounds different on different types of objects. And then... Uh, if you watch the video, you actually can hear some of the sounds that it can make, and it, it's... Today, I want to introduce you to Mojis, a mobile app and a special contact microphone designed specifically to... ...to the sensor, so it connects to your phone, and then you put this vibration sensor on anything. I mean, the video, they've got it on cars, radiators, um, what else did they show it on? Um, windows, desks, uh, for some reason this guy has a one of those steel I-beams. An I, yes, I see the I-beam. A balloon. Um, um, so a I, helmet? That was weird. <laughs> so it's, it's really cool, but uh, basically what you get is, is with this app and this um, sensor is the ability to turn anything into, into music. So you can touch anything anywhere, and those vibrations are different you know, based on where that sensor is. And you can, anytime, any place, any object, turn it into a music maker. Yeah, and it's it's cooler than some of the other things you've seen. And I guess they had a TED talk about doing this, and they you know put it on bike spokes, they put it on everything, and they just want to figure out of a cool way of being able to kind of do all that. Um, I, I think it's a neat idea on there. It, it's uh, they 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 have two different modes. They have a song mode, so you can kind of put your favorite song on there, and as you hit things and you change it, it will like it will still play the song, but it will kind of you know pitch modulate it as you're playing it. Mm-hmm. on there or they have kind of this creator mode where you can just go at it and and you know make your own song out of there so i i think both of those are cool ideas right there and especially if you're the creative type this is definitely something that you kind of you, you want to check out uh, yeah i think it, i think it could be really a really um unique way to to make your mark in the 
and yeah, I, you know, I I love it. And um, I for me, I have to say it's track on there, um, just because I can see me getting it and playing it with twice, and then it's sitting on a shelf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and at that rate too, I think I think even to get one, I think you're what almost seventy or eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. So well, granted, you know, for that reward, but to support the the project, um, I would I would back this. Um, probably not high enough to get one. But I love the idea, and I love what they're doing with it. So I'd I'd, I'd back it to get on their mailing list. Yeah, that, and that's that's cool stuff. So that is the emojis. And oh, sorry for everybody when I accidentally played the movie. <laughs> oh, you did! You yeah. did! Yeah. You should have told everybody. I want to. I want to play it now. Okay. okay. Sorry. All right. So our last project of the night was actually sent in by a listener, Dan Franks. Um, thank you, Dan. You're way cool. And this is actually his project on here and this is something oh so disclaimer this might get a little bit of inside baseball for some of you guys <laughs> out there um but this is called he's actually running a project for a convention that he's going to run in august called the podcast movement 2014 um and it's a pod it, it's a conference for podcasters and i i love it, it it's designed for both new podcasters and old hats at it um and I, I, I love the idea of it. There's two tracks. There's the beginner's track that will teach you from just, you know, even if you're like, hey, I have this idea for a podcast. I don't know. Um, I don't know why you would want to do a, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I think it's a great idea. And so this is why I'm going to do, I want to do a podcast on it to, hey, okay, I got the idea. I've kind of scheduled it out for an episode and everything. How in the world do I deal with these microphones and these, you know, doodads and whatnots and, you know, what's an XLR cable? What, you know, how do I what? record this? Yeah. Yes. Um, all, all those mystery things that me looking back are like, yeah, it was a kind of learning experience <laughs> on there to even like, how can you make your beginning podcast stand out out of others? Because there are a ton of podcasts out there. Um, I know by experience, trying to get the word out about shows is kind of hard sometimes. So, um, you know, they're going to get experts there. Um, so that's the beginner's track. They also have an advanced track and it's designed. This is the track that I, I, you know, I'm super interested about is how to take your show to the next level. So you've gotten through the basics, you've gotten everything. How are you going to take, you know, just go one up your show, make it that much better, get more people in. In my case was getting Drew as a co-host. Amazing okay. one up right there. I don't know oh. how I'm going to do that. That's what we'll do. We'll do an entire session. And we'll just teach it. And it'll be like, what you need, everybody, is a Drew. <laughs> yeah. See? Done. Simple as that. Um, you know, they they show some of the more, like, unique setups. I mean, I got to say, I have a kind of unique setup on how I have this thing. So I'd love to see how other people have these things set up. Um, and then, you know, they have profes- professionals there who've done it and can tell you, hey, this is, you know, you, you want to take it up to the next level? This is how you get your show known out there. Get more people listening. Get everything. Um, I just, I, I love this idea. Plus, you know, how much do you think a conference like this is going to cost? Uh, and this is the thing I was going to bring up. If you go to something like the New Media Expo or the Blogger Expo that they do in Vegas, um, I think it's January. It's, it's crazy. It's like seven, six, seven hundred dollars yeah. to get to two days. So, so, I, so I actually looked this up and. It's actually $300 for the hall pass. So you only get to go to the big keynotes and you get to go look walk through the halls. That's $300. If you want the whole kit and caboodle, $1,300. Insane. 
to, to be able to get into all the convent to, to get into all the talks and hear all the people and stuff. And the problem with New Media Expo is it's not just for bloggers. It's not just for podcasters. It's for bloggers. It's for yeah, you know yeah. everything on there. So they have like, podcasting tracks. They yeah. have the specifics, but it's it's almost too large to to really get some like hand, hands on or even like specific answers. It looks like this podcast movement yeah. is going to keep it handy enough that you can go and really. Get some details. Yeah, info. and and you and part of going to these conferences is to network and meet people. Yeah. You yep. know, with New Media Expo, you're talking to different people, and it's kind of hard to get all congregated there. And my the biggest problem that for me for New Media Expo, it they decide to do it right before CES. Yeah. yeah. And CES is like the convention I love to cover. So it's like, do I go to CES or do I try to pay thirteen hundred dollars to go to this? And I, I tried to get because because you know being the educator that I am, I tried to get a lot of students together to see if I could get a bunch of people you know a bunch of uh, you know students we have a little bit of travel budget take them out this would be a perfect place to teach you know learn things and then I looked up how much each like ticket to the conference was and I was like ah do we I get new equipment yeah. or do we right. get a conference or do we go learn to where does this podcast move on? I'm seriously considering taking a small cohort of my um, Studio 76 staffers down to. to to learn podcasting, yeah, you know, I, there's so much to learn, and to put them all in a place where they, as college kids, can network and learn these things early on, uh, it's brilliant. So yeah. I'm in. And like the ticket prices, if you guys are wondering, it starts if you're if you're lucky and the early bird is still there, it's seventy nine dollars to one hundred twenty nine dollars. Totally reasonable for a convention. Um, I think the one twenty nine was actually you know for a party that they're pulling off. It's I think it's ninety nine dollars for the just the conference itself. That's not bad. Two days. You know, you get two days of hands-on things, and so on these names of the people on there. Some of them, I've like, if you literally try to search for the basics of podcasting, their names pop up. It's not like just you know some random guys that they found. It's these guys know what they're doing. They've been doing it for you know almost a decade now, and so they have really good information. I'm I'm kind of excited for it, and I love that they have a uh, online only price. So. Right now I'm backed at that level, so if I can't make it out there, at least I can, you know, get the videotaped versions of these and, you know, learn remotely from that. I don't get the networking, but I, I still think it's worth it. Well, um, if I if I take a crew of students out with me, you you have to come with us. Yes, I, I think I will on their end. Um, so the trick is though, since podcasting has gotten so big, uh, they actually funded their goal within eight hours. Wow. On there. Um, so within 24 hours, they were way beyond their goal. So now the, the question is, Drew, with 24 days to go, what do you think they should do to keep the momentum going? You know, keep people interested, keep, you know, having people pledge. Cause you know, the more money they can get, the better they can make the conference or they can even save it up for the next year's conference and make that even bigger and better. Right. And, 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 and spread the information around. So mm-hmm. we all get better podcasts. So what do they do to keep the momentum I mean, looking at it now, they've got 116 backers. And so I think one thing that they do is obviously these backers are interested in learning about podcasting, which means that a good number of them either probably have an audience or um, are trying to gain their own audience. So I think one thing is that they need to call upon all the backers to continue to, you know, to share, hey, I, I'm going to this or I'm trying to get to this. If you love podcasting as much as I do, you know, support me or, or you know, come yourself. So I think one thing is just t- tap the backers. Yeah, because I'm doing my part right here, telling people about it. Um, and, you know, the other thing that I would 
you know, I kind of see them doing is, of course, you can always have stretch goals. You know, that's kind of the the surefire way to do it. But what I think is, uh, you know, actually one of the stretch goals I was thinking of is you have all these great podcast minds. You you know, you could actually add a tier where people could have, you know, have one-on-one sessions with some of these people or like a Google Hangout with a couple of them on there and just have the, like a great brainstorming question where they can pick the minds of these people and stuff. I could see, you know... It, I could see people backing that because they had this like exclusive dinner party and stuff. Those are the first tickets to sell out. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say this <laughs> on there. So like, I think if they could do that, something like that, or even if they don't want to kind of do stretch goals or anything, they could, you know, con- keep updating. There's 24 days, you know, so maybe updating once or twice a week with, you know bios of some of these people because I, I recognize some of these names, but some of these names, I have no idea. That would do it. Bios uh, of everybody, just uh, to say we've got this person. Yeah, yeah, and this person has this much experience. They're going to be doing a panel. Of this you got to be there. You know, it is like one of those panels that you cannot miss and stuff on there. So you, you, you kind of get people excited about that and looking for those, and that causes people to tell more friends. And they're like, oh, I know Joe. Joe probably would like about how how to monetize podcasts and stuff. You know, I should tell him to come to it, and you know. Joe sees them like, oh, this is a great idea, and then she sees he sees another um, speaker like, oh, that's another great idea. I bet Tim would want to go to that and get more people backing that way, and just kind of growing, um, you know, even just even regular updates, you know, go take a quick tour of the hall, give people kind of walk through so they kind of have an idea on what's gonna happen when they go because I've never heard of this town, but I hear it's near Dallas, so. Uh, then again, I don't know most places outside of Utah, and sometimes in Utah. Gotta get um, out. <laughs> um, I was I was gonna say they they don't have the one. I mean, a lot of the higher end pledges tiers are, are gone, but the one that's still there is that five thousand um, dollar platinum sponsorship. So it's a sole naming right for the building that's housing the product demonstrations. Uh, lots of benefits for all the other levels. So I'm I'm curious to see who's going to take that that. Do you want to do that, AKT? You want to throw it down? You know, if I had five thousand dollars laying around, I would have done it already. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that one will be yeah. interesting to see who takes that. But I'm I'm looking at um, upcoming grant requests and funding for travel and things. So I'm looking into uh, other other academic pockets to see how I might be able to get myself and others there. This is an awesome movement. Yeah. Do I even have to ask? Is it a back for you? It's a back for me. Like, I'm in. I like, you, like you, I think I'm going to go with that online version as I as for now, and then uh, basically tap some resources, hopefully within this 23 days, to see if I can't get something a little bit more, um, you know, actually out of you, you know, get there. So yeah, I'm I, all for it. I mean, I I, lo- I love this, and I'm excited to go and learn because it, it's it's all about sharing. People think that you <laughs> hate about- you hate your competition, but it's more like oh, yeah. we're all big bunch of friendly people and with hugs and what on. Yeah. No, I think I think you've you've done enough great podcasting and have a lot of that you've learned that you could easily do one of those sessions and, and talk about the multi like I mean podcasting one of the steps up is for you go from audio podcast to adding a video element and you've like tripled and doubled <laughs> <laughs> blown that out of the water multi cam you know live streaming with graphics and and as, and you've done it with the one man show and so there's plenty of podcasts out there that could benefit from that. There are a lot of I've actually listened to a lot of podcasts that are audio podcasts that would just be so great if they were video too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of visual to it that we're not getting to see. So I think I think you should I think you should have a panel. As well. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that is the uh, podcast movement again, Dan. Thank you for 
telling us about this because I, I I heard people saying, oh, you know, people are trying to put together a convention, and then you sent me this email. I'm like, holy crap, this is the what I've been hearing through the grapevine. I, I'm all in. <laughs> real. Uh, all right, Drew. Sad enough. That was <laughs> our last project of the night. Um, we raced through them too fast. I don't know where the time goes on there. So if you guys are like Dan and have a project or even just see a project that you want us to feature, please let Drew and I know. You can send us an email at kickcast at ktdata.net on there. We read all of them, and I'm usually quick at answering those emails. Um, or you can just leave us a comment or a post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash kickcast. Um, and I'd love it if you like the page, too. I'm trying yeah. to – I yeah. want to break that 100 mark on sure. likes. Um, we also have a Twitter account at KitCast. You'll get all updates. I mean, if you were following us on Facebook or um, Twitter, you would have known uh, Kickstarter got hacked within minutes of them posting out that blog post, and you could have gone and reset your passwords. Or on Google+, plus.kitcast.net. That will take you over there, all the fun stuff. Um, and uh, give us a subscribe if you're listening to us through iTunes or Stitcher or something. That always helps, and that's one thing that I always forget to tell people. Subscribe. Um, um, of course, you, you kind of heard us talking about the uh, chat room and doing this live. We always do it live. Our next episode is in two weeks, which is in uh, February something. 20, is it still February? Uh, Good, maybe it's March. <laughs> dang it. Things are going so fast, and I'm hoping that it's still... Nope, it's not. It's going to be March the 4th, I believe. Okay, it's March 4th. My phone died, so I can look up the date. Yeah, it's March um, 4th. Wow. Yeah, so March Madness is going to start, too. Um, get your brackets filled out. Um, you can find that at live.kickcast.net. We usually start about 9 p.m. Mountain Time. I mean, we, I see Dito in there and Cousin Jane. They're watching out there. Oh, talking about. Jane. She lives in Texas. Well, you know, if we go down there, we'll have to meet up with her. Yes. Um, on there, and if you've seen any of these projects, and you're like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, what was that URL for?" You know, the podcast movement, or what was the URL for um, the backer kit? Just head on over to kitcast.net, look in our show notes; they're all there. Um, again, make sure you guys check out Drew in the new podcast that's coming to the KT yeah. Data Network. I've got a, I've got a fresh, a fresh new batch of folks that I'm working with, but I, uh, but I think uh, I'm leaving a lot of the reins to them. But I think it's going to be fun. So the things we talk about, and if PlayStation anything is of interest to you, yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, um, it's great, and you can actually start seeing Drew slowly evolve into Bill Cosby as an old man. Just saying, man. <laughs> Pokemon. And then, Pokemon. What is <laughs> but um so guys thank you for watching or listening or however you consume the show and we will see you in two weeks bye bye ready to go almost Is this a bad time to say that you read like an old man?